And God is absolutely amazing. Would you agree with that? That was pretty, that was pretty, that was pretty quiet. <laughs> I can't believe I'm here this morning and not full of uh, too many aches and pains. It's absolutely a miraculous. Well, not quite as miraculous as yours, but it's pretty miraculous, man. Pitching wood and bending over. Thankful for uh, this amazing young man over there, young Drillinger. He was, he's a rock star. He did the vast majority of the work. He just let the old man go, ee, 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 on the splitter. It was great. <laughs> and I still am. Okay, moving on. So, real quick, tonight, tonight at the Parks Place at 5.30, there's going to be our family fellowship dinner. If you'd like to join us, please bring your favorite entree and, and some side goodie. That would be great. Uh, was there a question back here? No. Nope. No? Okay, I heard it. Oh. Okay. Uh, distracted by the baby. All right. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, also, too, our next family fellowship dinner in July is going to be on the 16th. So if you want to write that down, that would be great. And uh, the Drillingers are having a barbecue. I got all these really cool cues up here. I have so many of them. Here we go. I got so many visuals. It's great this morning. And you all get your own visual. You got to get it out at the table. But the Drillingers are having a party at their house on the 22nd, which is a Saturday. And, uh, oh, it's on, the, it's on the back. Man, you got it everywhere. They got them printed out there. You got your on your bulletin. So if you throw this away, you got one out there. It's great. So anyway, all the particulars are on there. How many went to the last party they had at their place? What was it, last year sometime? Man, that was a great time. It was an awesome time. So I hope you can make it. It promises to be another good time. Also, too, I have all the calendars in the back ready to go if you want to pick those up. And for guys, we have the schedule for who's preaching. And we also have uh, all the particular information you need for this year's G4 Summit. And on the back, I put a list, a checkoff list for all the stuff you need to remember to bring. Okay. I'm telling you what, this, this list has saved my bacon several times because I, I had a spatula that I could get it out of the pan. It was great. So how many remember a spatula anyway? So anyway, so this is all the information you need. One thing you need to know is that July 30th is the deadline to RSVP. Now, why do you got to RSVP? Because it's at uh, the Sacandaga campground and it's 28 bucks for the two evenings that you would be there. It's less if you're only going to be there one night, all right? So just take 28 and divide it by two, and you get good, all right, 14. That's great. We have mathematicians in here. So please uh, let me know by the 30th. I do need cash in hand because I'm heading out to uh, get our reservations early, a little bit early. Don't tell anybody that I do that, but I do that. So uh, let's see. Birthdays. Braxton, it's your birthday coming up this week. And who's your favorite grandma? It's her birthday coming up this week, too. That's, that's, you did that one right, by the way. So, anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? I have a birthday, but the next uh, Fifth Sunday rally is hosted in Alcador on July 30th. On July 30th. Okay, very good. Excellent. Pastor Brian slept out early last week. And what now? Brian slept out, or... He slept out early last week? 
stepped out early last week. So it's his, we got to sing happy birthday to him. Thank you. I was listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're singing to you right now. Really? Okay, now game on. All right, here we go. Happy birthday to the back bench. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. That's, that's awesome. All right, well, if we got all of those done, let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs. I don't have any words of encouragement this morning, so hopefully my sermon will be a word of encouragement. So Proverbs in chapter one, and we're, we're only gonna look at one little verse. This one little verse has two parts to it that I could spend hours and hours and hours talking about, but it's one little verse. Proverbs chapter one and verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You can probably imagine the two parts of my sermon this morning. It's only two parts. One has to do with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And of course, fools. Well, I'll tell you, the world is filled with fools. Fools despise God's wisdom. They despise God's word and the instruction that it gives to them. And so we're going to look at both of those. And this is just an introductory statement. Introductory sermon, I should say. So let's pray before we really dig in. Lord, I am so thankful for your word. The world is filled with confusion right now and growing more, ever, more, more so every day. Lord God, we ask that you would help us to recognize that you are a God of order, that you are a God of peace, that you are a God of righteousness, that you are a God who who has done all things perfect, and you've created us unique individuals to serve you in this great work. Father, we would ask in your son's name, Jesus, that we would recognize that there is true knowledge, real knowledge, and yet there is false knowledge as well. And Lord God, the, the wisdom of man and, and the the, the philosophies of man so oftentimes are flawed because they do not begin with you. And I would pray, Father, you would help us to see that's really what needs to happen. Our understanding of this amazing creation uh, must start with you. And so I'd ask that you'd help us in this. In your son's name, Jesus, amen. Do you remember that we started this lesson many 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 months ago and i did a real quick lesson in regards to the the being in awe of god because of his creation and i shared with you that there were two great men of god men who believed that god existed men who believed that god was the one who created all things men who believed that god was a god of order johann kepler a man who believed that God had created the universe and believed that because God is, is order, God is logic, logos, that there was order in the planetary movements. 
Now, he suspected that, and he was a mathematician, and God had granted him that special gift that I don't have. I can divide 28 by 2, but that's about as far as it goes. All right? But he was able, without computer, to actually mathematically chart the, the movement of the stars in the heavens. And that mathematical computations are still used today. Now they use, of course, computers. But he began with the understanding that God is a God of order. God created the universe. Therefore, the universe is ordered and I can see the order in that universe. And now we base all of our space science and the planetary movements on what he believed first, that God first brought about true, real knowledge that we all work within. Now, many of you also know that there was another great believer in God and, and the order of God, Sir Isaac Newton. Some people say he, he created gravity. No, no, he did not. God created gravity. He understood gravity in regards to the laws of motion. Again, he came from the same beginning. God, the great creator, is a God of order. And so we can discover things in this world, truths in this physical creation that have huge impact on our lives. We use those to men's great work of discovering God's powerful creation in so much of what we do. And so it's important for us to begin this morning once again by stating the fact that before we can have knowledge, we must have a true knowledge of God, who he is. For if we don't start with God first, then the philosophies of a man will fail us. I wrote this morning uh, in my email to everyone, real knowledge of anything is based on truth. Truth is the substantive reality of the things that we may desire to know. Substantive reality. There was a mindset that the world was the center of the universe. That was not based on true knowledge. Was it knowledge? Well, it was viewed as knowledge, and yet it was determined not to be true. It was thought that the world was flat. And yet again, for those who had a mindset that God has spoken, said the earth was a sphere suspended on nothing, and they sought to prove that. Magellan circumnavigated the earth because he believed God when he said, the earth is a, is a sphere and all the oceans are connected. You see, these men began with the assumption and the correct assumption that God is a God of order, God is a God of logic, God created, and therefore we can discover his creation, his amazing character in what we see. So real knowledge of anything is based on truth, and truth is the substantive or the substance of reality. 
Jesus is the great I am, the eternally existing one, the one who created all things, both visible and invisible. All the spiritual realms that exist are created by him. You're saying, well, did Jesus create Satan? Did he create evil? No, he created a very powerful being, Lucifer, the archangel of light, who fell from his position of service because he desired worship. The worship that the other angels were giving God, he desired that and stepped away from his position of service and elevated himself, stealing the hearts of one-third of the angels. Brother, we need to recognize now that he is the father of lies. Misinformation, disinformation comes from the father of lies. True, real knowledge always is sourced back to God, both in the physical realm and the spiritual realm. There are philosophies out there right now that we're going to talk to, talk to in, in the coming weeks that are said to be true. And yet when you do the study from God's perspective, you come out with order. You come out with logic. You come out with what? Contentment, peace, and joy in this life. And so I want to have you remember that to fear God is to be in awe of his greatness, so much so that you bow the knee in love and serve him. You see, if we don't start with God first, we're a target for the kill. We're a target for indoctrination, thinking it's education. We are targeted for philosophies of men rather than the wisdom of God. We are drawn into the deceitfulness and craftiness and scheming of men who want to own you through religious philosophies rather than the one true God, Jesus, who is the truth. My prayer is, is that as we go through the next three lessons on this thought of the beginning of knowledge is the fear of God, we'll come back before we make a judgment call on anything we hear or see and use God's word to help us define the standard of that particular very important relationship or topic. So let's first look at point number one this morning. Jesus Christ is the beginning point for all true and real knowledge. Now, let's begin with the book of John, the gospel of John and chapter 14. If real, true, substantive reality is truth, then when we read this passage from the gospel of John and chapter 14, we know that all things must start with Jesus Christ. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If, you, if, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said, I am 
the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You see, we need to recognize that Jesus Christ is the standard of truth. When, when Pontius Pilate said, what is truth? He was looking at truth. You want to know what real abundant life looks like? The life that people so desperately desire in their marriages, in their families, in their workplace, in their quiet hours, that peace and that joy and that contentment, only Jesus Christ can provide that. Why do people get addicted to drinking? Why do they get addicted to immorality? Why do they get addicted to all sorts of schemes of men? Why? Because they don't start with Jesus Christ. Our world is falling apart. And yet the scripture teaches that Jesus holds all things together. If you cut loose of Jesus, if you reject God, Jesus Christ, you're free falling, baby. You're free falling. I want you to turn with me to the book of Colossians in chapter 1. Let me prove that to you. Colossians in chapter 1. Many of you are, are familiar with this passage. It's a tremendously powerful passage. You know, the people that don't diligently study the scriptures don't oftentimes make decisions based upon God's standard. We'll take a look, beginning there in verse 13. Notice what the Apostle Paul says about Jesus. For he, God, rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, in whom, in Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, for by Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Look at verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things hold together. So when a person rejects Jesus, they're rejecting the one that can hold their life together. And that emptiness, and that frustration, and that anger, and that jealousy... And that deceitfulness and all of those things that come in to the human experience are because people have let go of the logos, the logic of God. They've let go of Jesus. That's why this world is falling apart. They're rejecting God. They're rejecting his Christ and they're rejecting the word. You want to have a perfect marriage? No, because I'm involved, it's probably never going to make it. Well, <clears throat> careful. I think that too sometimes. It's like, man, when am I ever going to get this thing figured out? I hope my wife isn't thinking that. But if she did, I would understand. You see, it's important for us to understand that we need to start with what did Jesus create when he created man and woman? He created the marriage relationship. For an express purpose in serving him. So it's important then for us to start with Jesus first. 
in the most important things in this life. And we'll look at some of those. Now, look at John chapter 8. The Gospel of John in chapter 8. In chapter 8, Jesus makes this really amazing statement. And you know, whenever I give a Bible to someone, I'll write verses 31 and 32 in their Bible. Look at John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to those who had believed in him, if, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Free from what? Well, free from sin, free from all the entanglements of the world, free to serve, power given freely, life abundant given freely, all of that comes from abiding in, continuing in, carefully studying God's word and making every life decision based upon that. You want to know about economics? It's in the Bible. You want to know how to be a great manager? It's in the Bible. You want to know how to be a great employee? It's in the Bible. A great son? It's all in the Bible. If you want to know about the universe, you know, Kepler kept searching because he knew that the stars had, all the stars had been given names by God. How did he know that? It's in the Bible. If God so was concerned about the stars, what great concern he has for us. And Kepler gave us so much, as so many other men. Let me throw one more name out there because I didn't get to this last time. George Washington Carver. Does anybody know who George Washington Carver was? He's a great scientist, a great entrepreneur. And you know what his sole focus was? Is to honor God and be a good steward of the earth. He's a farmer. Peanuts was his game. George Washington Carver was his name. He found over 100 different ways to use the, the molecular character qualities of a peanut. Reese's peanut butter cups. Thank you, George Washington Carver. Woohoo! Okay, so you didn't get so excited as I do. Okay. Man, I'm telling you what, it's absolutely amazing when you think of all the things that he created, that he, well, he created, he found and developed based upon his belief that God called him to be a good steward of the earth. Powerful, isn't it? It started with God. And it ended up with Reese's peanut butter cups. I mean, it can't get better. Well, it does get better than that. But for me, if you want to send me candy, Reese's peanut butter cups, crunchy preferably. All right, moving on really quickly before I digress any further. Will we trust in God? Will we trust in his word? Look at Revelation chapter 22. I hope you will. Trust in God. Trust in his word. Believe that Jesus is the starting point. Look at Revelation and chapter 22. This is the, this is the really sweet, sweet message here. Verse 12 through 15. 
Jesus says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render every man to, to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. By the way, everything starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus. If you will commit your life to have everything start with Jesus and end with Jesus and everything in between, you know the abundant life that Jesus talks about? You'll experience in every area of your life. But many people say, well, no, that's not true because I've tried it. What'd you try? Well, I tried it. I tried going to church. I tried reading my Bible. I tried doing a good job. I tried, I tried, I tried. What's the problem in those statements? I. I failed. Yes, you did because you didn't start with Jesus. He's the first and the last and everything in between. So in this life, if you want the rich blessings, Jesus first. Then discover what Jesus has. Now, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the gates into the city outside of the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and, and, and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. Notice there's two groups of people in that statement. The ones who've come to Jesus and yielded themselves and allowed him to clean up their mess. How? You know, initially through immersion, but also to a continued yielding to his purpose in laying down your life and sacrifice like he reminds us of every week. Jesus first. Lay your life down and sacrifice for him and the blessings will come if it's not working for you sit down and let's talk a little bit over a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or whatever you want to do but let's talk and say well how can we look back and see how is jesus calling us in this particular area of our lives now i want to turn the page now see the beginning of of knowledge is the fear of the lord but notice what it says back in Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. How many of you know, how many of you know what Psalms 40 and verse 1 says? The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And then you go on and read about that one. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Then read the next verses. His life's miserable. Why? Because he started from a man-centered view of the world, of course. Now, if you want to take a look with me, Proverbs 1, verse 22 through 33, actually talk about this person. Look at in verse uh, uh, 23. Turn to my reproof. Wisdom says, turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand to, 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 and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel. You did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. 
when your, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish uh, come upon you, then they will call on me, but I won't answer them. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because, are you ready? Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Why is there calamity all over the place? It's because people haven't chosen the fear of the Lord. They haven't loved knowledge. They've actually hated knowledge. Man, I'll tell you what. This book is a hard read when you go into it with an attitude of I have to. But you know what's really awesome? When you go into this, this book with the attitude of, man, I know that God will bless because I'm going to do it his way instead of my way. And then when you do it his way, not expecting anything, just doing it his way because it's the way you're supposed to go, the blessings come. He goes on and he says after verse 29, they would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof, meaning they rejected all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way. Notice, it's not God that's doing this to them. They're doing it to themselves. They rage against God, it says. The people in the world, they can't stand it. It says, so they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the, the naive will kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. Now, you know, the Bible says you're not supposed to call anybody a fool. Did you know that? Don't call anybody a fool. Then why is God writing this? He's helping you and I to not play the fool. Remember that song in the 60s? You do, I know. Everybody plays the fool sometime. Remember that? Yeah, me too. There's no exception to the rule. There's no exception to the rule, man. The sad part is, is that I used to groove on that song. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and now as a Christian, I go, yeah, that's true. Everybody plays the fool, but you don't have to. You don't have to. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. You know, if, the, if your life is miserable, check and see what you're doing that's not by God's word. That's, the, that's where it's at. And I've shared before and I'll share again that the reason that our marriage was on the rocks eight years into it is because I was very selfish. And what are we taught every Sunday? What are we supposed to do? Lay our lives down in sacrificial service to others. That's why my, my life and my marriage was miserable. And I'm ashamed of that, but it's not that way anymore. We were actually talking about this, was it yesterday or the day before? How we were so selfish. We were so young. We were so selfish. We each knew what was right and neither of us were. 
See, at least we understood that we were both messed up and we both needed to get ourselves in alignment with God. Praise the Lord. Well, let's look at the better part. What's it? What? Because look at the statement in point number two. Fools hate real knowledge. The wise love truth. Let's take a look at the wise person. Turn with me to the book of Psalms 1. Remember, this is just an introductory lesson. We're going to take a look at some of the things that the world says is right, and let's do it. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And yet God says, wait a minute, let's have abundant life now so you can have life eternal with me. And we're going to look at that. Notice what he says here in Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand on the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. That guy's going to be blessed, he says. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He thinks about it. He grinds on it. He looks to apply it in his life day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Man, that one drives me to the Bible every day. Man, I want to know. I want to know. Now, do I know all things yet? No. Am I working on it? Yeah. I'm sure glad God's patient with me. So he's helping me to get time to dial it in. But look at this. First thing, this guy decides. You know what? I am going to step away from the people who are worldly minded. That's what he's doing here. Blessed is the man who does not. Nope, I'm not going to walk with them. I'm not going to stand with them. I'm not going to sit with them. He makes a decision. The wise man, the man who's going to have real knowledge that brings a blessing in his life is going to say, you know what, I'm not going to walk with those guys. Now, be careful when you go, well, that means I don't have any more friends. I have a lot of people who are not yet in Christ that I know and I have befriended but I don't allow their philosophies to influence me. They're good people, but not by the standard of God. And I'm not judging them. I want them to see a life that would draw them towards Christ. And so I've, I've decided I'm not going to do what they do. I'm not going to believe what they believe. But will I spend time with them? Will I associate with them? And what's the answer? Well, of course I will. For what reason? I care about them. I don't want them not to get to heaven. As I was telling you about my, my grandfather, my mother, and my dad. I can't do anything about that now. But that can drive me because I know that there's an end that will drive me to be more vocal and more thoughtful and more intentional. So that's why I read my word every day. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. How many know what the word delight means? The word delight. How many of you like sweet life cakes? Raise your hand. Come on. You don't? What do you like then, Jeff? I doesn't like the, the philosophy and stuff. You're right. You don't like their cakes either? Okay. How many like their cakes again? Oh my goodness, come on. Oh, wow. 
realize delight the Reese's cup. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. You know what delight means? Is that you really enjoy it, really love it, you really want to be participating in it a lot. You know, chocolate stains on your fingers and your face. That's really, that's what delight is. Do you get that excited about reading the Word of God? No. Have you noticed when you're working out, and I know, I know I'm not the paragon of amazingness, but you know when you're working out, sometimes there's days you don't want to do it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yep. Okay, good. I got more nod, nods of affirmation there. What days do you need to be more disciplined? Those days. You got to force yourself to do it. But how many of you noticed that once you develop that healthiness, guess what ends up happening? You really enjoy doing it. You feel good after the run. I don't run. You feel good after the, the three-mile hike with 50 pounds on your back. You feel good about it. And you, know, you feel, notice, discipline will drive you to that point where you're doing what you're supposed to do to get where you want to get. So this man obviously has arrived. <laughs> He's pushed through those days. Where he says, I don't have time. I don't want to read that. Last time I read it, I was not impressed. I didn't know what I was reading, right? But he keeps, he keeps pushing through. He meditates on it. He takes the jewels of God's word, and then what ends up happening? He is blessed in whatever he does. Huh? Blessed in his company? Blessed in his working? Blessed in his management, blessed in his fatherhood, blessed in his, her motherhood, blessed are they? Yes. Why? Because they've gone to the source, the logic of God, Jesus Christ. Brethren, let me share with you that we're going to tackle a couple tough ones. A little nervous, I'd ask for your prayers, because this world is being violently pushing against the truth in some really gross and heinous ways. And I, I want to bring to light what God's standard is. And then examine then what's happening in the world by God's standard. Examine your own life by God's standard. And then you'll know if you're a man or woman of wisdom or not. I'll just leave it there. But always start with God. Always start with God. Let's pray. Father, the scriptures teach that the fear of God is, is where knowledge begins. We can't really know reality. We can't really know truth until we start by knowing you. And I pray, Father, that we would grow in a knowledge of who you are and what you've done and what you are doing in the world and in our lives. We must recognize, as our brother Jeff was sharing, that you are sovereign. You are in control of this world. And we can choose to be invested in that or we can choose to do our own thing. You've given us free will. I pray, Father, that we would not cut loose of your son, Jesus Christ, for he holds all things together. Our life then becomes a free fall of confusion. 
Father, I would ask that you would help us to realize how critical this important point is, that the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. What did Jesus say to do? He said, get all excited, didn't he? Let's get up. Jesus said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do her.